On today's show, I missed the game last night, and it wasn't purposely missed. I passed out. I saw Marte's home run and then <laughs> woke up and the game was over and the Yankees had lost. So this is going to be a day of discovery for me on the show because I really don't know what happened. So I'm going to look at everything and figure out what went wrong last night. And uh, we'll talk about tonight's matchup in the Subway Series. And we'll talk about why Yankee fans need to stop freaking out about Subway Series losses and more. All next on Locked on Yankees. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, Yankee fans. I know it's not happy for some of you. Some of you are freaking out a little bit too much today, but happy Wednesday nonetheless. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Stacey Gotsoulias, and I'm joined by my co-host, Abby Mastrocco. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. You can also watch us and subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit the like button, comment, and also hit the bell because you'll be notified as soon as our videos go live. I didn't really want to watch last night's game. <laughs> you didn't. And it was just funny that my body decided, you're going to pass out in a chair for like three hours. Um, and it was one of those things where you close your eyes or you think you close your eyes for five minutes and suddenly like half the day it's, is gone. Yeah, five hours later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, like the last time I saw, I think it was like 7.30 something. And then I woke up and it was like 10.15. And I was like, what? on earth because I don't sleep well. So the fact that I passed out like that was just, I don't know what was going well, then on of course last night. You didn't sleep well, like once you actually went to bed, I'm assuming. Oh, no, not at all. I was up at, yeah. I woke up at like five. <laughs> I've been up since 5am and I barely slept yet. So I'm doing great today. But um, I know they lost. I saw, I, started... I saw Judge and Rizzo go back to back. Then I saw Marte. And then that was the last thing I saw. <laughs> I sort of passively watch because I'm working on a big editing project for Elite Prospects. And so I was, it's extremely extensive and involves a lot of um, like data tracking. So I had, I was sort of buried in that, but I had it on. Uh, yeah, Montgomery didn't do so well. Uh, they, they really needed a long outing from him and they didn't get it. I thought it was interesting that they're using Chapman in situations like this now where they're, you know, he's coming in with, a deficit. There was some aggressive managing by Aaron Boone, and I was there was a double steal at one point late in the game to try and get something going, and uh, they would have had the tying run on second, had the double steal. I believe it was second. I could be wrong. Um, I think it was second and third. Runners of second and third was what they would have had, so they would have had the tying run on second had they executed the double steal. And I saw some fans were like not happy with that aggressive move but man like Jeff McNeil made a really good defensive play late in the game to sort of seal things for the Mets and there was there was some debate as to whether or not that steal was safe and there was a couple you know defensive like okay was he safe wasn't he safe um Jeff McNeil looked really good defensive infielder because he's a dirtbag and that's what they do they pitch and play defense that's, that's the dirtbag way 
<laughs> um, but I did think to myself when I saw that double steal, I was like, oh, Stacy's not going to like that. <laughs> I didn't even see it. I completely missed everything. Like, really. Um, I just think it was funny because, you know, I was jokingly saying the Mets were going to sweep because the Yankees never score for Montgomery. And, um, you know, in a matchup of Domingo Herman versus Max Scherzer, naturally you're going to think that Max Scherzer is going to win that um, matchup. Now, you never know because baseball is really strange, and that could be one of those weird reverse lock things where the Yankees actually hit against Scherzer and Domingo Herman pitches well enough to win and the Yankees can hold on, but you never know. Um, I just think it's funny that I, we were mostly worried, Yankee fans, because they'd never score for Jordan Montgomery, and then he comes out with a two-run lead and immediately coughs it up and then gives up five totals. So just one of those games, I guess. Well Look, Stacey, you can't win them all. I know, but it would be nice to win the one that you're kind of hoping to win. Again, with this matchup tonight, this seems like the one that you should lose. So, mm, I don't well, know. I just liked some of the headlines that I was seeing and, like, some of the um, – just the way that the two different fan bases reacted. Like, John Heyman's headline with the poster, at least his tweet was, like – you know, the little team from Queens shows little brother who's king. And the Mets fans were like, oh, come on. They're the best team in the national or like in, in the NOS. Like, what are you doing? And the Yankee fans were like, oh, yeah, damn right. They thought they're, the, they're still the little brother. Like, I just love watching the way that the two fan bases react. That's why I hate this so much. I hate <laughs> it. Ugh. And I like, just... I do under like having covered the Mets. I, I, I'm still friends with some fans. Like some of the, like some people on some people from Mets Twitter really understand how to take a joke because, because of their baseball team. Like right. you really have to have a sense of humor if you're going to be a Mets fan. And I, I very much appreciate that about them, but I love the way that they're like, this is the best team in the NL East. Like they've had a leap. Okay. But like Atlanta's on the, Atlanta's like right there. It's not like they, it's not like they're the Dodgers and they have, you know, one, they're just pulling away in the division. Like, no, this right. is still a dogfight in the division. Last right. night's win only moved them two games ahead of Atlanta. Meanwhile, the Yankees have, oh, an 11.5 game lead in the division. So, like, I get it, Mets fans. I understand that you're, like, give the team some respect. And, and look, there should be some respect attached. But, like, you know, I, I didn't think that headline was, like, too off base but in the minute i saw it i was like oh, i can't wait to see the replies <laughs> uh yeah yeah um i mean i have stories of when i worked at nbc let's see because i've worked i worked for all three teams the east coast and west coast and south and all the different o and o's that we had and the west coast manager rich big met fan and um he would like to rip me. Um, the head of research one time left a broom in my uh, cubicle because the Mets swept one end of the, it used to be six games. Um, and he used to get to work really early. And my supervisor's like, do you want Stacy to stick this up the other way? Because don't do that. Don't do it. She took the broom out of my, I didn't even know it was there. She told me later in the day, she's like, yeah, um, Mike left a broom in your, I was like, oh, he's lucky. I didn't see that because I either would have hit him with it or yes, I would have shoved it somewhere by the bristle end because no, because I never did that. 
there was one year the Yankees swept all six games. I was at the last game at the stadium, walking down the old ramps, and this one guy was making up lyrics to New York, New York, <laughs> under the, th the theme of the Yankees sweeping them. And he was like, goose egg, goose egg. And he's making up. And everyone in the tunnel is just <laughs> laughing their asses off at this guy. And it was just, it was great. But did I leave a broom in anyone's cubicle? No, I did not. I never did. So it would have been funny. Yeah, that's why I, I just, ugh, I can't, you know. And I know there are Yankee fans who take this way too seriously, too. And they drive me crazy. Like, you know, they're acting like oh my God, they're hemorrhaging. Their lead is only 11 and a half. And it's like, yeah, okay, okay. Toronto has played nine and one in their last 10 after playing one and nine in a previous 10. Like they're, yeah. Toronto's being like the Yankees of 2021 where they're like really streaky. The Yankees will be fine. I really feel like this is a July thing. And if they make a move at the deadline and kind of ignite something like that'll, uh, they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. Okay, do you want to hear the back page headlines? Sure. I really enjoy these this week. I really enjoy these during the subway series. Uh, Daily News headline, stand clear as Diaz closes the doors, please. Mm. Uh, Newsday, city slickers, but it's spelled, it's spelled like city field. C-I-T-I. And the Post, first responders, Mets answer call quickly after Yanks early salvo to take opener. You know, and the local the local news guys. <sighs> I love Bruce Beck. He's a really great dude. I remember him from working at NBC, but he's so overly dramatic about this. And I was watching, I think it was like the six o'clock news last night or maybe the five. Th and I was just like, oh, God, I can't wait for this to be over. Thank God it's only two games and it's a midweek series. It's not the weekend, although tonight's game is on ESPN. It's on ESPN, but it's not the same as a Sunday night game on ESPN. You know, like the weekday games seem to be different. So but Bruce, the one thing I love about Bruce Beck as a broadcaster is that, like, he treats every game like it's the World Series or it's it, yeah. like he if you want to talk about like, you know, we, we, in sports, we love to talk about having a sense of urgency. Bring Bruce Beck into your locker room for a pep talk because Bruce Beck always has a sense of urgency. And yeah. I love it. It's what makes the broadcast great. Like you it's sports, you know, you, it should be serious, especially in this market. He knows the market. He knows the audience. Every loss is DEFCON five. The sky is falling in New York. He plays to that. He, you know, but he also like, it's, it's entertaining. He yes. really knows this market and he, he does it well. And every game is like the most important game that, that any of these teams have ever played. And, and, like, that's how so many of these fans approach it, too. So I just think it's fantastic. Like, if anybody understands the audience, it's Bruce Beck. Yeah. Now, in a moment, we'll talk more about the game because I was looking at the box score, um, you know, saw some performances that seemed to be okay, but maybe not depending on how you look at them because of where they happened. But we'll talk about that in a second. But first, whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Their bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring, and each ring is one of a kind. 
Blue Nile is the original online jeweler since 1999. They've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. So whether you're customizing an engagement ring or designing diamond stud earrings, Blue Nile will allow you to create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine at a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler. If it's not perfect, no problem. There's a 100% satisfaction guarantee, and you can shop stress-free with guaranteed free shipping and returns. And if you need that special purchase fast, in most cases, Blue Nile can deliver overnight. And each order is insured, and it arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And right now, Blue Nile's having an anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. So go to BlueNile.com today. Thanks again for making Locked on Yankees your first listen every day. The MLB trade deadline is August 2nd at 6 p.m. And Locked on MLB has all the breakdowns. And Locked on Yankees will have rapid reactions to any move made. Hopefully there will be. Subscribe now to your favorite podcast, otherwise known as Locked on Yankees, on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you get notified when each episode premieres. So, hmm. We spoke about Jordan Montgomery. Two and one-third innings. Not what the Yankees needed. You said that. So because of that, (laughs) the Yankees had to put in Rob Marinaccio, who did well, actually. One and two-third innings. No hits. One walk. Two strikeouts. Looked good. He was coming back from that shoulder thing. Loisaga, one inning, one hit, a strikeout. Chapman. An inning, no hits, a strikeout. And Wandy Peralta, also an inning, one hit, no strikeouts or walks or anything. But that's the key there. And Albert Abreu, three hits, one run, um, two strikeouts. So the relievers did what they needed to do. Um, You know, between the five of them, they only gave up one run. (laughs) So, you know... There was enough time for the Yankees to kind of chip away and do something, and they just didn't. But I will say that I thought that this was um, hilarious. The headline on Yankees.com is, Yanks can't pick up Monty in Subway Series opener. And it's like, well, yeah, he gave up. He lasted. It's like, he's the one that (laughs) gave up five runs. Like, what? Well, uh, he even said, I sucked. Yeah. Yeah, I just found that headline Um, You know, I think it is an encouraging inning for a role just Chapman going one, two, three. But again, I thought it was interesting, the usage um, that they're using him in a situation like this. But then again, they did have a day off on Monday, so maybe they just wanted to get him some work. But like we talked about the other day, they really need to boost his confidence. And, uh, you know, hopefully that outing boosted his confidence as well. I want to get your thoughts. Um. I swear I'm not teeing you up for an angry rant, or maybe I, I am. Um, using Joey Gallo to pinch hit instead of IKF in that situation. I think maybe Boone was hoping he would luck into a home run or something because IKF has none, and at least Joey Gallo is in double digits. As little as he hits, he can sometimes hit one out, and maybe he was thinking of doing that, but we all knew what the outcome was going to be. <laughs> Like, I don't know. I, I just think he, he wanted someone with more power. But, you know, if you need a hit, IKF does that. It's just he doesn't hit the ball 400 feet yeah, for a home run. He hits power. singles. Yeah. So, he a couple runs there. In the yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not as angry as uh, I saw a video of some dude on the phone with someone in front of I, the TV. I saw that video. 
TikTok video too. Yeah, I saw that on TikTok and then I saw it on Twitter. Um, you know, such a New York video, really. I mean, he's really in a tank is. top, uh-huh. you know, in a white tank top. <laughs> I was just going to say the wife beater tank top. Man. Yeah, screaming in front of a big screen TV, you know. What's Joey Gallo doing? What are they doing? You know, with his thick New York accent. And I was just like, that guy's got to be Italian, first of all. Second of all, it's just, that's a quintessential New York. It really is. Video. That was amazing. Um, So I'm not as angry as other people, but I I can understand. I can understand the anger. And if I had seen that, I probably would have been like, what are you doing? (laughs) I, like, yeah, I mean, I get it. And I thought, look, I thought Boone had some aggressive moves late in the game to try and get something going. And I, yeah. I'm i okay with that. Like, I mean, not that it's, you know, look, I'm not a baseball manager here. I'm not the one calling the shots. And I, I think it's weird when fans are like, you know, when fans are like, oh, you know, I, I, I think he should have done this instead of that. Well, you know, he's the one who's paid to make these moves. Like, you know, right. he's the one who does this for a living and like he played baseball and like he played Little League. So... You know, and he grew up with his father playing baseball and coaching baseball and basically has been around baseball since he came out of the womb. Literally. Yeah, And like the approach that I always take as a reporter is sure. I'm going to question moves like um, strategic moves that are made. That doesn't mean that I'm questioning them to stir things up and to uh, make the manager feel like he's wrong. I've had this talk with a couple coaches, a couple managers. I had this talk with Terry Collins a few years ago. You know, sometimes if I'm saying, well, you know, why did you um, have a guy bunt off the bench in that situation instead of, you know, bringing in in a different pinch hitter who was still on the bench? Um, I don't ask those questions because I think I know better. I'm genuinely just asking because some worked out and some didn't work out. And I'm going to ask about the ones that worked out. And I'm, But sometimes it gets magnified because we do tend to ask more about the ones that like don't work out right when they do work out we mostly just talk about you know the players performances that the guy who did hit that pitch hit home run like what pitch did you see there instead of necessarily asking why was the decision to send him in that situation right we do tend to ask more about the players in that situation but it is something I'm conscious of and I do try and like ask more about strategic moves even when things go well um, but I, I think in that situation, like, yeah, you should be, Boone should be a little bit aggressive. There's nothing wrong. They're already down a couple runs. The bullpen's giving them a chance to be able to come back. And yeah, you've got, like you said, a singles hitter there and you've got a power hitter on the bench. The thing is though, is that maybe Joey Gallo's, I think we might've hit a point where Joey Gallo is going to be better off playing somewhere else. Oh yeah. It's yeah, we- just not working out in this market. Yeah. It's sad to watch because he's a really good guy. And he's a great defender in left field. I mean, really anywhere in the outfield you put him, like, he's a great defender. But it's just hitting a point where it's clear that he's not that New York type of player. And I don't know whether it's the pressure that's gotten to him. I mean, I know last year, like, right after the trade, when he wasn't hitting, he was in the batting cages, like, talking to himself a lot. And I don't know if that's a thing that he did in Texas or not, because they didn't see him in Texas. I know that that's a thing that he was doing last year. It looked like he was squeezing the bat really tight early last year. Um, right after that trade, it's sometimes a player we've talked about how difficult it is to play in this market in particular, but sometimes a player just isn't a fit, not even in the market, just on a, on a certain team, like whether it's New York or Cincinnati, sometimes a change of scenery is beneficial. And I think at this point, Joey Gallo needs a change of scenery. Yeah. 
Yeah, because, I mean, I say it all the time. They didn't bring him over here to be the guy, you know? And I, I thought that that would help him because he didn't have the pressure of being the guy like he did for a couple of years on Texas. And I know it's totally different playing in Texas, but there is a pressure to being the one that everyone relies on to be the offense for the team. And coming over to the Yankees, I thought that him and Rizzo coming over together as the two left-handed bats, it would kind of help, they would help each other balance out and I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's, we're past that. We're way past that point now. You know, I, I know that I wanted to give him like a solid year, but it's like since the beginning of the season, it hasn't really been working out. And I'm, it just makes me sad because I, I wanted it to work out for him because I mean, God, it's per, it's the perfect on paper. It's the perfect combination of Joey Gallo being a left-handed hitter, the short porch, yeah. all of it. And it just didn't, it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bummer. Um, and, you know, I mean, trade deadline's August 2nd, coming up really quick because it's July 27th. How did we get here? Oh, by the way, happy birthday, A-Rod. Welcome to 47. It's not bad. We're the same age for 29 days. So <laughs> happy birthday to you. Um, in a moment, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Subway Series, talk about tonight's matchup. And then we're going to also touch upon the fact that Baltimore is no longer in last place in the AL East. That's something that happened last night. But first, BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, Esports and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, sports, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. Um, fun fact, it's also Max Scherzer's birthday. Oh. He's nowhere near my age, though. At least no. I don't think so. He's 38 today. Yeah, no, that's a lot. Which is remarkable that he is still doing this at 38 right now at a time when, like, so many other guys' arms are falling off. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Okay, the stats are here. Hallelujah. Because, you know, for the the past couple of days, the Yankees didn't have Scherzer as the listed pitcher. It was still TBD yesterday, even when I wanted to talk about it. And I was like, hello. So, okay, here we go. Max Scherzer is 6-2 with a 2.28 ERA, 98 strikeouts. And that is in 75 innings, right on the nose. Now, matchups, Yankees against Max Scherzer. Not surprising. Oh, well, no. Actually, there are some that are kind of surprising. Um, Matt Carpenter has faced him 28 times, so he's faced him the most. No home runs, a run batted in, but he's batting 250 in those 28 at-bats, so it's not totally horrible. Um, Josh Donaldson's only batting 143 in 14 at-bats. Aaron Hicks has never gotten a hit off him in 13 at-bats. And Anthony Rizzo in 18 at-bats, batting 278 with a home run and a run batted in. Hmm. Now the Mets against Domingo Herman. Herman, 0-1 with a 15.00 ERA. As you all know, he pitched the second game against Houston and didn't do great. So... Yankees are just throwing him into the fire. Mark Canna, nine at-bats against Domingo Herman, One home run, three runs batted in. He's batting 667. J.D. Davis, two at-bats, 
<laughs> batting 500. One of those at bats was a was a home run with three runs batted in. And most of the other guys don't have a lot of at-bats. Francisco Lindor has seven and hasn't had a hit against him. And Jeff McNeil in three at-bats has a home run off Domingo Herman. So Max Scherzer in his last four games since returning from that injury has just been outstanding for the Mets. I mean, he's one and one, but I mean, that loss was, I mean, he had a pretty good outing in that last, his last outing was a loss to the Padres, but the, I mean, he only allowed two earned in six innings. Yeah. Uh, that that he, was one of those games where the offense couldn't. Yeah, the, the Mets just couldn't give him anything. Yeah. He, uh, in his last four games since he came back from injury, he has a 1.78 ERA in 25 and a third innings. He's He is the Max Scherzer that we have come to know and appreciate. We can all appreciate. I'm sorry, Yankee fans, but we can appreciate – you know, such a remarkable career and the fact that at 38, he's still going. Um, you know, my dad has one of those shirts that says old guys rule. <laughs> <laughs> so we can't, I'm only two years younger than Max Scherzer. I shouldn't say he's old, but you know, I I'm just, 10 years older. <laughs> we're not seeing career longevity like this. And we're not seeing a pitcher who's 38 typically is not, he's not an ace. And right now Scherzer is Scherzer's pitching like an ace and like, yeah, they, the Mets have DeGrom, too, who is the, like, sort of bona fide the, the staff ace, I guess. Hasn't been this season, but for what Max Scherzer is still doing. And last the way that he handled the playoffs last year, you know, he couldn't pitch in uh, with the MLCS because he said his arm was dead. He hadn't – I mean, he was injured this year. To come back and be able to do what he's doing right now, and it, it, he can – I don't know how much longer he's going to be able to do this, but I don't know. I just really appreciate somebody at 38 who's still doing this. Like, I just think we have to tip our caps to somebody like that. Typically at 38, if you're still going, like you were sort of a long, you're, you're like a fifth reliever who's maybe putting up like, I don't know, a four ERA or higher. Like, Right. How many 38-year-olds are doing this right now? Not a lot. God. Uh- Verlander at 39 is the only one I could think of who's doing yeah. basically the same. Yeah. Yeah. Although, don't get me started on that. Something's they were on that same staff with the Tigers. and I don't trust Verlander as far as I can throw him. Um, I'll tell the story. We have time. A few years back, Justin Verlander tweeted that they should test for steroids every day, every game, every day. And I quote tweeted him with LOL. And then I didn't realize he tweeted me back and said, why is this so funny? I'm like, do you realize the logistics of having to test every single player in MLB every single day on every single team? MLB is not going to do that. I always feel like the guys who cry about cheating the most are the ones who cheat because, you know, Rafael Palmero, I never did steroids. And then he gets popped for steroids. How many months later? Like, uh, whatever. I'm not accusing Verlander of taking steroids, but I just find it very weird that this guy has so many innings on his arm and other guys who have had the same amount of innings on their arms just completely fall off a cliff. And he is pitching better than he's pitched in like 10 years. And it's just like, what? And coming off of Tommy John surgery? Like, what is going on? Yeah, so last night while I was sleeping and not paying attention to what was happening in baseball, Baltimore beat the Rays for the second night in a row. And the Red Sox lost to the Guardians, which means Baltimore is now in fourth place in the AL East. Now, it's only by half a game, but... It's still, 
<laughs> they're still up. It's like, what? What is happening this year? It's so crazy. I love it. You know, it's chaos, but wow. Boston's you know, Boston was one of those rosters where you looked where you looked at at the beginning of the season. And, you, and at least to me, I thought they could either be really good or they could be really bad. And there's no in between. Mm. I didn't think this was going to be a mediocre roster. I thought this is either going to be a playoff team when they add some at the, add some more pieces at the, at the deadline, or this is just going to be a disaster of a year. And it, it is turning out to be the latter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we spoke about how they're having major problems playing against the other AL East teams, including Baltimore. They're just terrible against their division. And that, doesn't help things at all. Um, we spoke about it the other day, but I had to cut it out of the episode because the episode was too long. But we spoke about um, the play that this past weekend, just awful. Like, we were talking about how it's one thing to lose games, and yeah, it's baseball and losses happen. But the way they're playing is just so bad, like bad news bears kind of bad. And like yeah. the fundamentals are going out the window with them. They've just sort of accepted losing. Yeah. Yep. And I would assume that there'll be sellers at the deadline. Um, I don't know who, though, because I'm really bad at figuring out. Well, you got to look at the contracts. Yeah, right. Because that plays into it, too. Um, I think, I mean, things were going bad for them, but I really feel like that comebacker that broke sales finger was kind of like. Yeah, that was the... Uh, like the final nail in the coffin kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you don't wish that on... It. That's just... What a fluky, crazy injury for him to come back from being injured and then have that happen. Just... Yeah. Am I showing sympathy for the Red Sox? What is happening right now? <laughs> Nathan Ivaldi, he's a trade candidate. Unless they... I mean, unless they can work out some sort of extension with him. He's up after this year. Yeah. J.D. Martinez is up after this year. Oh, yeah. Um, wait, I saw him. I saw people talking on Twitter about. They didn't say the Mets, did they? Who were they saying that should get J.D. Martinez? I'm trying to remember what team it was. It may have been the Mets. You know how Mets fans are. They're always like thinking that they can get everyone, especially now with their owner, that they're they're assuming they can get every single person. And you know what? Hey, <laughs> I would be the same way if I was Steve Cohen and had all that money. I'd be like, yeah, sure. Charge me the luxury tax. I don't care. That's chump change. <laughs> uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. has a 2023 mutual option. So that might be a, a, an easy, not an easy contract to move, but that might be, be a contract that they can move. Now, Bogarts is a free agent after this season, right? Bogarts, I think. Yes. Because I have a friend who... No, 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 he's not. Oh, he's not? No. Oh. He's got four years left. Well, there's an option. He's got... He has he has an opt-out available after this year. That's what oh, he has. Oh, all right. He, he is... Um, he could be. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. He has full no trade, though. Ah. You always love those no trades. <laughs> so, uh, Abby, are you going to the game tonight? Yeah. I, I mean, I need to get back into. I need to get like back into the swing of baseball. I've been sort of enjoying this like down period because look, the the Stanley Cup final and the draft being so close together, that just drained me. 
I didn't even want to watch any sports for a little while. It just took it out of me. All I wanted to do was like sleep in until 11, like maybe go to the gym and I don't know, watch trash TV or something. Right. Catch up on like life things that I missed when I was in that like bubble. Yeah. So it's now time for me to swing my attention fully back to baseball. And I got to go tonight and, you know, talk to people, see if I can get like sort of a lay of the land. Very cool. So we'll have things to talk about on tomorrow's show. We will. Yay. I'm excited because I have no inside track on anything. So it's great that you do because, yeah. (laughs) I'm not an insider by any stretch. I'm not an insider. Um, You know, and that's not like a career ambition of mine to be an insider. What I'm good at is identifying stories. Yeah. But to do that, you got to talk to people. Right. So. Yeah. Yay. Okay, cool. So we'll have, uh, we'll talk to Abby about the game tomorrow. Um, So again, Max Scherzer, Domingo Herman should be interesting. We'll see how it goes. But for now, that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Abby and I would like to remind you that you can listen to this show wherever you get your podcast. That's inclu- that includes Apple, Google, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. So like and comment and also click the bell notification so you know when our videos go up. And if you're looking for something else to listen to after you listen to us, why not listen to Locked On MLB? You can make your second listen of the day, the Locked on MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. So follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB. You can find it on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate our podcast and spread the word about our podcast to your uh, fellow Yankee fans. We'd really appreciate it. So, Enjoy your Wednesday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.